review, y'all. Jump. The rest of the film. Jump. With my boy, Todd Hastings. Todd Hastings open his bitch. And that new Dylan got broke. Dylan got. So what you got? You know what it is. Come on. Welcome to the fucking wrestler review. My name is John Hastings. Yeah, that's right, Dylan. We're fucking the gloves are the gloves are off now. Now it's nothing but swearing shit. Fuck. The gloves are off our hands and in our butts. My name is Dylan Gott. That's John Hastings. We're into butt stuff, but only with gloves. I got ten fingers in my asshole. Soft cloth fingers. There you go. Put your hand in my butt, but with a glove on it, because I want it to drag. I don't want it to smoothly come out. Yeah, I don't want your skin flakes. I just want to be having to get little strings out of my asshole. Uh, I was, uh, I had a friend who was a lady, and she had a, <laughs> what a we- boyfriend. What a weird way to structure that sentence. Whatever. I've, it's early enough for me no, to it isn't. have problems. It is, a, it is 11 in the morning. You should be fully awake. It is. I got up at fucking 6 this morning because I had shooting pains down my fucking elbow and shoulder. Am I fucking complaining? No. I woke up. Hard dick. I unsolicited sexted many people in my um, contacts. <laughs> there you go. Rise and grind. And I do mean grind. <laughs> yeah, rise and grind, baby. Take that, Elon Musk's wife, you grant-applying bitch. You're on that Wahlberg schedule. Wake up, 2.30 in the morning. Why do you wake up at 2.30 in the morning? Because there are women coming home drunk. You text them. <laughs> you have sex with them. They go to bed, you start your day. That's how you do Mark it. Wahlberg style. Get up at 2 at 30 in the morning. Text drunk women. 3.30, nine holes of... <laughs> play nine <laughs> holes of golf. 4.30, pray. By the way, if you look at Mark Wahlberg's schedule, you're just like, oh, Mark Wahlberg, you're de- you definitely are haunted by the fact you beat up a bunch of people over uh, uh, racist reasons race. because no one does that much praying in the morning by themselves. And when asked, why do you work out so early? He goes, because it's quiet. And you're like, mm, but it's quite loud in your head, isn't it, Marky Mark, you fuck? There you go. What the hell were we talking about? Anyway, oh yeah, she, towards the end of the, obviously this is going to be, when I tell you stories, going to be very clear, it was towards the end of their relationship. <laughs> <laughs> this man was like, uh, hey, I would like you to try some butt stuff of course. on me. Oh, she said, ew, uh, judged him. Never should judge. Don't be a judge, Judy. Be a judge, Joe Brown, because she <laughs> w- did it. She tried to do it. But what she did w- was she put on like dishwashing gloves and then he was like <laughs> left her shortly thereafter. Like she didn't even put on surgery gloves would be one thing. Dishwashing gloves. But dishwashing gloves. It's like if you try and go in someone's butt unless they've just taken a shit. You're going to kill them. Yeah, dishwashing gloves also, it's that's such a message of, like... The, the <laughs> and it's going to pop off, too. So you're, you're really going to know, like... Oh, and that smell, the dishwashing glove smell. Oh, yeah. You're going to see the poo on the gloves. Exactly. Just, if it's going to be fucking... If you're going to go a noose, just fucking go skin on skin and just know you're going to be taking a hot shower. The... The lie... The greatest lie anyone ever tells you is that uh, any man who goes a... Uh, you just say the dirtiest thing to your woman with a little bass in your voice, and they'll be whatever you want. No, they won't. They'll just be, you'll be like, you kind of put your hand in my ass, and they'll say no. And yeah. then you're just you're just sitting there dressed like a baby. You gotta leave. You know? No, nah, not me. I say I go. I baby needs to be dressed. Baby will baby go. will get cold. Um, uh, we're talking about dude love this week, which is why we're starting off with ch- other chat because he was around for about dude with love. Yeah, we're talking. He was around for about ten months. But here's the thing: shortest 
appearance as a character, possibly the most influential character based on the amount of time appeared on screen. It also, Dude Love proves that Mick Foley is the Meryl Streep of professional wrestling. Yeah, he's frankly just willing to... No, it's... He's go places that other people aren't during this period. Not now, but during this period. And I'll say this, in a group of people i think the 90s was the best time for professional wrestling because you get people that accept that it's dumb and don't try and be tough anymore but are still like old school enough that they're not going to do a shoot interview about the sandwich that they had in catering yeah exactly like it's even more so than that in that Mick Foley is so like Mick Foley is doing something that is impossible that no one else could do that they're going to they've attempted a million other times which is he's blatantly a guy portraying other characters but because they've established that the main guy that he is in the WWF is mankind and mankind is fucking crazy it makes sense that he has these split personalities within his head and Dude Love is the most interesting of all of them because they do this weird version of a shoot interview that is like a worked, fake, real interview with mankind pretending to be Mick Foley. Like, it's literally just like a snake eating itself inside of one of those paintings that's a bunch of staircases that just link up to each other. Like, it's so fucking complex on where the truth ends and the fucking bullshit begins. And it lays it out so fucking perfectly. Like, it's this weird... This is why this period is so interesting, because the creative dynamic is literally two people that are diametrically opposed to each other in every fucking facet. Jim Cornette and Vince Russo. Like this, the creative meeting is essentially me and Dylan. One handsome, beautiful, smart boy, me. One absolutely dumb, weird guy from Long Island who says bro a lot, Dylan. One guy, good diet, me. One guy eats like a trash compactor, Dylan. One guy, well endowed. Other guy, very well endowed. So wait a minute. Who is the big dick? Russo or Cornette? I'm 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 gonna <laughs> don't understand. I'm gonna say Russo has the fat di- Russo has a fat, impressive, ugly dick. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. No one's that stupid with that much confidence without like Without like he has at le- he has like five memories of a woman brushing up against him like in a crowd and then looking and being like huh I think that Jim Cornette probably has a small one just because he has so much envy of other men mm, no I think that that comes from the fact that he's never was able to be a wrestler but the fact that he's able to shout and the amount of wrestlers that he's he does he's not afraid to punch in the face makes me believe also Jim Cornette we can actually see his penis because. What the fuck was that noise? Jim Cornette whipped it out because... Oh, why would you do that? Uh, that noise made me want to die. Um, you, can, you can just watch that video of Jim Cornette taking out his penis because someone showed him a photo of Vince Russo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Cornette... I think Cornette, a lot of what colors his show is sour grapes because he's like, fuck, if I was around 30 years later, I'd just be MJF. Because MJF is like a shorter guy, he's got like he he's in shape and all that shit, but he's like probably like five eight five nine, and but in wrestling now he looks good. I mean, not the Cornette could ever be even close to athletic, athletic as MJF or whatever. But but what actually I think paints Cornette more is, and he said this once in his episode his show, and he goes, 
if it hadn't been for that fucking decision, fucking Bill Watts would have fucking become the uh, main NWA. I wouldn't have to be doing this goddamn show because I would have been his lead booker for 20 years. That's what it is. Is Jim Cornette still bitter the NWA went away? Like, as weird as that sounds, mm. it's actually not that weird. If you've listened to any of his content, you're like, that's not weird, John. That's a, That scans totally that that psychopath would be like... <sighs> The fucking problem is the fucking Jim Hurt. Like, he still contends that Jim Hurt is the reason WCW lost the Monday Night War, where it's like, no, 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 no. It was ever. Yeah, I mean, it was. Once wrestling got corporate, and I. Fuck, there was. I think David Bixon's ban and someone else. Anyway, by the way, within the world of. I know we're not the most attractive guys, but within the world of wrestling commentators. <laughs> You're looking at Tyrese and Ludacris. <laughs> over here, right? Hot guys. Uh, sorry, I'm just bald. I don't also still have acne. Yeah. I'm hot. Yeah, I had abs until my injury. So, come at me, bro. Yeah, we don't. Uh, we don't look like weird birds. <laughs> Every wrestling commentator looks like a weird bird. Anyway, Marlon Ronaldo should not be bullied because of his mental state. He should be bullied because his vibe is guy whose apartment is smelly and has a lot of pennies on the ground. <laughs> oh, sorry, I meant wrestling journalist. Anyway, I don't know what we're talking about, but we should talk about dude love. And as you were talking about with Jim Cornette, he and Vince Russo, it is one of the perfect marriages of them because Jim Cornette clearly goes, "All right, we want to turn this guy babyface." For those of you that don't remember. As John was saying, Jim Jim Ross and Mankind do these sit-down interviews where they get to know Mankind to try and turn him face, and it's so much more effective than what they've done in every yeah, other single because face it's, turn. Because Mick Foley is, is fucking amazing. Like, just doing the research of this, I sort of watched the arc of that television. Mick Foley is... So, Mick Foley... He's essentially the Tito Santana of Santana of the Attitude Era in that he prepares all of the opponents for their main event run. He is the best at that that anyone has ever been. He is the most versatile fucking like good fucking match impact wrestler. He throughout 97 and 98 his like there's so many just watch the entrance of this. It's so fucking good. Watch this promo, watch that promo. He's so much better than you remember. Like it's in that way that there's a certain point where Austin is so just, you're like, wait, we liked this? Mick Foley is the opposite where you're like, how did I not like this more? Austin I th Austin is great. Austin, Austin, no, no, Austin Austin is great, but Austin, it's like, I, like the, the dude loved debut. Okay, let's, let's, let's specifically talk about, so they do the sit-down interview, and they show this clip of Mick Foley as a teenager pretending and cosplaying as a wrestler that's clearly just superstar Billy Graham that he's named Dude Love. Also, we should mention this. First time they show basically and explicitly say, hey, everybody at home, backyard wrestling is sick, and that causes them legal problem oh great fucking point yeah this is actually yeah this was a real yeah this is a real calculated error wasn't it yeah because 1997 1999 is when backyard wrestling would really take off because like you actually get like a playstation 2 game called backyard wrestling exclusively which i still think is the only game that's ever had new jack in it but <laughs> the way Mick Foley wrestles and this clip are like, oh, hey, let's go. And especially since the final move he does and the thing that everyone remembers is the Superfly Splash off the top, which is him jumping off his own roof 
onto a bunch of mattresses. mattresses. Yes, but then that gives way to I'm going to jump off my own roof onto my friend who's covered in light tubes and my dad's gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the, this is the problem with wrestling is you can't start an idea. That's very funny. Yeah, because you've just told... It's like... Uh, it's just a bunch of rednecks, right? We're all just a bunch of rednecks. No, it's carnival. I was recently explaining what is it? Why do you like wrestling? And I said I was like I like the carnival aspect of it. It's it's low rung crazy show business. And every the thing with wrestling that's also good is every idea is not only considered a good idea, it is accepted on face value and then approved upon when it should not be. Like it's literally exactly this is Mick Foley jumped off of his roof on mattresses. And within two years, it was like, welcome to the tournament of death. We are in front of no people. I have one gun. Bam. Oh, yeah. That is the other thing is if you watch, there's a documentary on the tournament of death. I think it's still on YouTube. And it's like, we're live from literally a guy's backyard. He's paying everyone. He loves death matches. We should really look into who this guy is. (laughs) We're coming at you from what's best described as Gary Ridgeway, the Green River Killer's mind. (laughs) We're... (laughs) Why is this match happening? Because I got divorced and I want to get my wife back. Yeah. All right. The better question is, why aren't you naked? Here's the thing with... uh, the tournament of death is that i hate everyone associated with it so fucking much and also isn't john moxley in the video yeah he was one of those deathmatch guys i think uh yeah he was in czw for a hot tasty minute but this is the other thing where it's exactly like you said you can't start something because uh ecw gave way to xpw xpw for all that rod black was a horrifying person um, XPW still was explicitly trying to be ECW. Yes, it was. And then CZW comes in, and CZW is just like, hey, we're going to do everything ECW did, but without the parts where there's actual wrestling, and the storylines are going to be like, if this guy wins this match, he gets to murder this woman yeah, for real this, in the ring. It's the weird thing of like, it's like they saw porn, and they were like, you know what the main thing of everyone likes about porn? And they were like, what? And it was like, just the part when it comes out of the dick, but you don't see it hit anything. I mean, no one, re- I'm sure there's people <laughs> that do like that, but like, you don't need to build your whole company around that. And they're like, mm, yeah, we should though. No, 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 no. What's the ceiling for your company? 50 bucks at the gate. That's what we want. Anyway, so Dude Love debuts uh, with Steve Austin. How they do it is basically Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels were tag team champions. They don't like each other. This is in the midst of Shawn like maybe going to WCW because Bret Hart pulled out some of his hair. Like this is like the sunny. This is the sunny days. This is the sunny days. Weird. Like this is Bret Hart Shawn Michaels time where Shawn's like, "Hey man, I'm on cocaine and I'm really good at wrestling." And Bret's like, "Uh, "I think you'll find that I'm going to fuck everyone's wife. Also, do not mess with me. I am the best." at this thing that isn't real like it's yeah this is a weird time in Shawn michaels career too because this is when he's like he's fucked like he's fucked he's a drug addict and then he gets a back injury in the hell in a cell and he's like so so much more fucked and and it was a back injury at the royal rumble and if you make that mistake again i swear to god i will fly to toronto and slap you in the face Oh, yeah, because he did the Hell in the Cell Bitch, with the No, thing. he didn't. Okay, no, I'm he sorry. fucking didn't. You fuck. He did the Hell in the Cell, drug addict, back injury was at Royal Rumble. Mm. Get it fucking right. Mm. This is called the Wrestler Review, sorry. not the Wrestler Wrong View. Nice. Thank you. 
for fuck's sake. But this is the first instance I see uh, they have that they have Stone Cold Steve Austin not wanting a partner. He's just going to end. Austin does this fucking awesome thing in the first dude love match where like, you know how every single other match where it's like, really, I don't have a like the baby face comes down. It's He's against two heels. And there's this moment where the baby face stops and goes, I'm really going to do it. I guess I'm going to have to fight these guys by myself with no partner. He stops. He, like, cautiously gets in the ring. Austin just runs in the ring and starts punching people. Oh, yeah. The man does not give a shit. Like, everything about the way they do this guy's character is so fucking, so fucking sick. Um, and, obviously, Dude Love comes out halfway through. Yep. Is dude, like, how they do Dude Love. And it's sort of this thing of, like... Austin is so unfucking pressed, and it's an interesting switch in that they hadn't figured out. Oh no, Dude Love can't wrestle like mankind. It's a very interesting, and again shows to McFoley is that like Dude Love comes out and just is a crazy asshole like McFoley, like mankind wrestled, and then they were like, oh wait, no, he can't do that because he's supposed to be a different guy. And then that, and then it's the summer of love where it's Dude, Lo- he's Dude Love, and Dude Love is a comedy wrestler. But portrayed by Mick Foley, so it works because you're like, it feels like he's like, oh, he's doing this on purpose, as opposed to like other comedy wrestlers where it's like, fuck off, Fandango. Well, because you like Foley, and they've always they want someone in the upper mix in the WWF at this time. Like, and the WWF in the upper mix in '97 is filled with challenging characters. It's filled with Shawn Michaels. Uh, you get Bret Hart, where it's like Bret Hart is liked by. Everyone in Canada. He's a babyface to everyone in Canada, straight ahead babyface, but then you go to the States and he's booed roundly, right? So you get one character in Dude Love who's a straight up, I came here to watch pro wrestling. This guy's a straight up babyface. No matter who you are in the building, this guy, you'll cheer for him. He also dances with hot ladies, which it's 1997, so porn is not de rigueur, and you know what that means. These <laughs> these 14-year-olds year are jacking quickly to his entrance. Oh, my God, she's wearing... Oh, it's going to go splack here. Uh, <laughs> that bikini could be a bra. <laughs> so this is the interesting thing, because during that thing, we, we tease... Not tease, but like... Rub your rump against my soul. But they this is the first instance where Foley does the thing that he'll do later, because Mankind... They just take aspects of dude love and just put them in the mankind character because you can see all this later in the rock and sock connection is him and Austin being tag champs because you get Austin like fully shaking dude love's hand at the end. And that's the first time you really see Stone Cold Steve Austin go full baby face because usually he just fucking whoever was his tag team partner, whoever was whatever, he would just beat the shit out of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. He also is laughing at Dude Love. It's a very it's so fucking well done. And the ghost to your point exactly is all of the wrestlers in the nineties, what they also were were they were guys that got into it as the territories were dying. So like it burned off people that were like, I'm in it for the money. Like Steve Austin talks about how he ate nothing but potatoes for two years and was always lightheaded because he was having to work out by and by work out I mean he had to do steroids and eat potatoes. And so you're just like, <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, yeah, no wonder you one time drank so much coffee you gave yourself a heart attack, you psycho. I like that though. That's the type of way, that's the way I want to go. Just you drink a bunch of coffee and then your heart explodes. Too many arabica beans. He's dead. I feel like this is how you're gonna die one day. Is you're gonna be in a bar. You're gonna be in your seventies and just. A, a guy slides into his chair and you just go, I've heard one too many squeaks. You turn around, whack him in the face in the cane, 
all of his friends stand up, take out knives. You just spit in one of their eyes and just goes, this is how I always wanted to go and just let them stab the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, that was probably what will happen, but I'll be nutting. <laughs> uh, that's what I wanted. This is what I wanted. This is what I wanted. It's like a metal penis going into my stomach pussy. Oh, God. <laughs> well, there you go. Oh, I'm very uncomfortable and yet very aroused. And again, it's also this beautiful, subtle shift in this time of Dude Love starts off as sort of, it's just mankind and tie-dye. And then if you watch over the weeks, he gets way more jokey and weird. Like he's doing the fucking Charleston all the time. He's switching it up from like doing very aggressive, intense moves to like, like a couple of hits and then he dances. He then switches up his finishing move from calling the manible claw the love handle to he kicks someone in the shin and double arm DDTs them. Yeah, he does sweet shin oh, music. It's so the fucking whole, good. <laughs> the whole idea of the dude love character, obviously, the way that he came up with it, the way that everyone learned about it was um, him and Shawn Michaels having the backstage conversation and someone overhears it of oh, I didn't want to, like, be a badass. I wanted to be you. Like, I wanted to be, like, the heartthrob. That's why I got into wrestling. And then Vince learns about it, and they have this dude love character. And really, this adds years. It's so weird what immediately follows dude love, but this adds years to Mick Foley's career because this is, like, Commissioner Foley is born within this 10 months it's also yeah commissioner foley uh it's also it also does this really cool thing of he's having a few mankind's having a feud with triple h and but at house shows dude love he would become dude love in the middle of the match like it was like and it's the only time that shit worked because it was done by mick foley and the context of that character of this guy's fucking crazy works with it it's the weirdest thing in the same way that then when it hits SummerSlam and that match, by the way, that SummerSlam pay-per-view, SummerSlam Heart and Soul, 1997, possibly pound per pound, one of the best WWF pay-per-view. Every single match is fucking hot. It's a hot fucking, it is a dripping wet pussy of a pay-per-view. What is wrong with me? Um, thank you, Dylan. It opens with Triple H, Mankind, in a steel cage, and they literally, it bookends... This whole thing where he becomes dude love in the middle of the match, but he sweated too much so you can't see the heart tattoo that he's supposed to have drawn on his uh, chest. And then he does the snooka splash onto Triple H. And then I believe he loses the match because it's Mick Foley, so of course. But um, it is fucking amazing. And like it's like dude love is here to stay. And he is dude love throughout the rest of the summer. And by that, I mean like a couple of more weeks. And then they push it even further. And then this is Jim Cornette because Dude Love is clearly a Vince Russo kind of creation. And then Vince McMahon kind of listens to Jim Cornette, who has clearly been like, all right, well, if we're doing this, then let's push it and bring Cactus Jack in. And we'll do a Cactus Jack episode at some point. But then it is bookended again by Mick Foley then having one of the best introductions and setups for a match ever which is even if you didn't know who you everyone who is a wrestling fan knew who cactus jack was because of the death matches it was a thing that was discussed but then you have this thing where dude love and mankind talk about who's the really crazy one and you're like wait a minute mankind is like this guy's nuts though and then cactus jack comes out in one of the bigger pops of the early big pops of the attitude era because they're also, Jim Cornette's smart and goes, we'll do it in New York, where it, which is an ECW yeah. territory, and is a New York territory, and everyone's a smarky mark cock sucker. 
And also it's your hometown, so people will just cheer for you anyway. And then Cactus Jack comes out, dude love goes away for a while. And then we were And it's something that you can't do now because like to understand that time, I used to buy like wrestling magazines and you would hear about Cactus Jack. You would only see pictures. So it's like this like what, like five, six year build that you've just seen this dude in magazines and talking about how he's crazy, essentially, and how he ripped his ear off. And like you get Mankind, which is another character, but you don't explicitly get Cactus Jack until this time. And if you're a wrestling fan, and this is the thing that Vince McMahon never does, is he thinks that wrestling fans have... It's funny, because he oscillates between thinking wrestling fans have short and long memories. Yeah, it's very... But it's also... It's a, it's a classic Vince McMahon move in that he doesn't know why... He, he vacillates, but he always picks the wrong time to vacillate, which is like, well, everyone remembers... Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone remembers George Hackenschmidt. No one knows who... No one remembers the Ministry of Darkness. And you're like, no, that's the exact wrong way around that, actually. And he's like, yeah, shut up. Yeah, it's a, it, but it is a very smart thing for them to do it in New York. He gets a huge pop, and it's crazy. And the fucking also, also the way that the th- also the way the three characters walk to the ring is completely different. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, um, the way they look is completely. Cactus Jack looks way grosser and greasier than man than Dude Love does. It's so fucking good. I love it so fucking much. Again, th- th- this episode made me remember, like, oh yeah, Mick Foley is the fucking best. And this is just before they get a bunch of talent in the WWF because they kind of have like all these great. It's funny because like with Russo, you get all these zany ideas and you basically get Russo, Cornette and McMahon is like the basis of the creative. And you get all these zany ideas from Russo through the filter of Cornette and McMahon. And it's essentially, yeah, I mean, WCW has this amazing roster of talent. Like, they have every piece of high-end talent from the 80s and early half of the 90s. And then they have all these crazy wrestlers who, if you just watch wrestling, just for the wrestling, you're clearly going to watch WCW. We better try some shit. Yeah. It- and this is the period where, like, they do. And then let's not forget that, like, Cactus Jack and Mick Foley had already done Spoiler alert, we're going to do a Cactus Jack and uh, Mick Foley and Mankind episode, so we don't want to ruin it. Yeah. We're spacing them out, though. We're not doing them in order. I don't want to be hardcore anymore. I love Eric Bischoff angle in ECW. So he's already proven to be a guy who's going to, like, try new things in wrestling and completely subvert his character. The thing you have to remember is this is not a time... Like, I don't think there's ever been a time where Vince McMahon's watching other product, but it's also like, no one's also, I think... Jim Ross is definitely aware of how fucking important and good the talent they have in Mick Foley is, but I don't think anyone else is actually aware of what they have. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, because Jim Ross is... The classic story is Jim Ross begs McMahon... To put bring McFoley in, and then McMahon says, "You're gonna see how it is when one of your babies fails." Essentially, he's like, "Now you're gonna know how it is when something just fucking fails." Which is the funniest thing about fucking Vince McMahon is that he, and by the way, I guarantee has still not acknowledged. Like McFoley is one of the most important keys to the Attitude Era's success. If you look at like, yeah, for sure. Without the Hell in a Cell is one of the key defining moments in '98, where like. You show that, that they played that clip so much, and anyone who just passing by, going like, "What the fuck is this?" 
What what the fuck did that guy just do? Like Jesus fucking Christ, that's amazing. Because it's the late '90s, so everyone's just like, "Whoa, that's cool." Record scratch. That the entire he makes Triple H. It's the only time Triple H is a viable, fun, bad guy. Uh, is fucking that feud, and you have this time where it basically solidifies fucking Austin. And by the way, I just realized he makes Triple H twice, which is even crazier. Yeah, exactly. You forget about the dude love Triple H feud where it's like the whole story of the feud is Triple H is too good. So Mick Foley has to basically use his schizophrenia to his uh, advantage. And the other thing of the depth of the Mankind character where it's like this guy's a crazy person. How crazy is he? Well, he'll literally completely switch personalities and A, in the middle of a match and B, just randomly. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's very fun, actually. And it's the introduction of a character, and it's a it's a big risk to take having Dude Love be a character because you got Mankind who this like, I mean they've done they he's originally brought in as an Undertaker opponent essentially yeah. that's it and he plays that character amazingly and then to switch from that to this is a lot to ask of a performer and it really just does show oh he's- and it's stuff that they kind of expect out of. And it's their go-to now for every Undertaker opponent is that, like, if an, when an Undertaker opponent... Like, think about it. The Great Khali, um, even they did this with Big Show, and obviously Foley's way different than those guys, but they have their run as the Undertaker's opponent. They get built up as monsters. The Undertaker beats them, and then afterwards, you kind of... They just make them a comedy character, and usually it's like, okay, look, the Great Kelly can't fucking really move, so he dances a bit. Ha, ha, ha. Anyway, we're going to use him only in India, and then he's gone, versus Foley basically, A, adding 20 years to his career, and B, something else. Yeah, he's... He's fucking amazing. It's he's just so fucking good. God damn it, I love McFoley. I want to make out with his hot suck, 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 fuck, fuck. I want to suck him off. And he's the introduction of like, hey, sometimes wrestlers aren't just juice heads; they're actually nerds. Yeah, he's fucking amazing, which is really important. And now everyone's a nerd who wrestles. Even the juice heads are like, hey, I'm gonna, hey, Brian Cage, what's your character? It's inspired by an anime. Buff, we know it is. Get some fucking juice heads in here. Yeah, where's Psycho Sid? I want someone who's going to wear a watch while playing a character that's ripped from Mad Max, and then I want them to, the end of their promo, just be how they talk They talk about how well their softball team's doing. Yeah, big yawn, Brian Cage, you dumb bitch. Wait, what did you just say to me? I said, you're a dumb bitch, Brian Cage. There we go. We picked you randomly. Yeah, you fucking loser. Uh, <laughs> He's probably going to hear this and fucking shit his little pussy. He's probably, oh, yeah, you got a little pussy, boy. You're a pussy. There you go. Brown pussy Brian Cage. That's what we call you because you got shit in your cunt. Oh, my. There you go. All right. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to talk about Dude Loves Heel Run, which was, I mean, I think the face fun was good, and I think the, the heel run was just for me going, I mean, this isn't real, is it? How am I supposed to boo this guy? I mean, I, I'm going to talk about this a lot. I got a lot of fucking... I hope you're... I hope you're fu- oh, yeah. He's got a lot of talk. He's got a lot of things to say. We'll be back after this five oven mitts bitch oh hi everyone i think you're all wondering does dylan use condoms no and that's why you need to donate to patreon because he has a lot of children his wife doesn't know about i am the king i coined the phrase risky cream pie (laughs) and you need to give to patreon to help my maybe there's a baby fun patreon.com backslash wrestler review if you don't want to do that 
uh, you're a fucking loser. But if you're still a fucking loser and you're okay with that, rate us on iTunes. It does help with the algorithms for old fucking uh, Steve Slobs' goddamn Apple things. So rate us on iTunes, rate us on SoundCloud, rate us in real life, 1 to 10. Here's a hint, we're both 10s. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Dylan God is a big fuck and I'm cool. Um, so Dude Love fucks off in December of 97 uh, and comes back, baby. Yeah, they do an interesting thing where it seems like they're done with like, let's, let's stop. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin kind of has one friend and Vince McMahon does the thing where it's like, I'm going to take that one friend away from you. Yeah, which is Dude Love, but they also do something better, which and this is again... Mankind kind of fucking with it is that because Dude Love is the goofy comedy character, it's also like it's weird that that's the one that kind of turns on him because he's kind of the lamest of the three. And that's the first one to befriend Vince McMahon. Because what's amazing about this is both Dude Love and Mankind become like Vince McMahon's boy, but they're independently unaware of what happened to the other one, which is so fucking adorable. Yeah, because they do the mankind being Vince's friend and really wanting him, which they then, of course, Crib and Austin and Kurt Angle become that in the... They do it a, a bunch of times, but this one's this one's very interesting. So what happens is is that after WrestleMania 14, the day after WrestleMania 14, the New Age Outlaws join DX, attack uh, Terry Funk and Cactus Jack, get the tag titles back, and the crowd is chanting Austin, 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 which fucking, like... Mick Foley was legitimately pissed off about because he was like, what the fuck? I like, I got really fucked up in that fucking match and you're chanting for a different guy. So Cactus Jack storms out of the WWF, which people are like, is that Mick Foley or just Cactus Jack? It was just Cactus Jack. Mankind comes back. That's very good. Then it's setting up this whole sort of thing of um, McMahon and Austin are going to have a match building towards the one hand tied behind your back match between McMahon and Austin on Raw. Dude Love comes out because Austin's acting crazy and he needs to save him. And then McMahon pushes uh, Dude Love into Austin. Dude Love then goes fucking crazy because in the end it's McFoley and this guy is the guy that was being cheered for. And then you get this very complex thing of Dude Love being like, I remember when all this shit is, so now Dude Love's all about love, but more importantly, Dude Love is all about kicking that ass, baby. No more sweet shin music. Now it's all double arm DDTs and making crazy psycho noises. Yeah, and then in interviews he just talks about how uh, obviously he carried the team and he's Vince McMahon's main guy. But when he actually turns on Austin for McMahon and uh, and basically Vince comes out dancing with the dudettes and him and Austin dude love start dancing, it's like bad because Austin just can't stop laughing. He and can't he's supposed to be in the ring being like, oh, I'm being betrayed, but he just can't stop laughing because they're both like, whatever. But that wor- I disagree. That actually works with this character because it's then you get to the fucking... You still know it's McFoley because then he attacks Austin a couple of times and it's pretty fucking vicious. And the two matches that um, McFoley has with Austin in the post WrestleMania pay per views, those are like, listen, like this is the best Austin run with the title because he's not super fucked up and hobbled. But you know his main opponents are the Undertaker and um, and Mankind for this first title run. And these these matches with McFoley uh, are some of the best of Austin's championship run. Like, they are so unique and different. They're both really fucking enjoyable. 
it's fucking great. The Unforgiven match is a very good bog standard 20 minute WWF championship title match. There isn't that much rest holds. It's a nice high impact, fun, enjoyable time. And then the over the edge match is one of the best matches of the Attitude Era. It's everything that's good about the Attitude Era wrapped up in perfection and Mick Foley's so fucking good. To the point that it's very rare for a challenger to get back-to-back rematches this way and it it seems like it's telling a story. It's exciting. Mick Foley decisively loses to the uh, to Austin in the first match and they still can do a rematch and it totally works and scans with the character. That's really fucking difficult to do, especially with a comedy character that the champion has laughed at and it doesn't affect the build. Do you understand how fucking good Mick Foley has to be at being a fucking wrestler for all of those things to stack up? He's the fuck John Hastings yeah. of the Attitude Era. <laughs> yeah, he jacked off a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because he's cool. Well, this, yeah, this is the other thing where it's like, um, and also just having the three faces of Foley gimmick means that he doesn't have to really, he can really write off the character, which he does. Like, Over the Edge, 1998, is the last dude love match. That's so crazy. Can we talk about the Over the Edge, can we talk about the Over the Edge match? I fucking love the Over the Edge match so fucking mm-hmm. much. Well, it's so, also the first time where, like, Austin uses <laughs> the referee. Because if you don't know, the storyline going into it is that McMahon has stacked every single... The ring be- the guy who rings the ring bell... Is the, Pat Patterson. He, yeah, he's the referee. No, 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 no. no. McMahon, McMahon's the referee. Briscoe's the timekeeper. And because Pat Patterson has an accent at the WWF, he's, of course, the ring announcer. Because Vince McMahon likes three things. Farts someone actually kissing his ass and then someone who can't speak English well talking into a microphone. Like that's Vince McMahon's idea of stand-up comedy is someone from Bulgaria trying to read from a dictionary while taking a shit. <laughs> is this cuz this this then the first time where it's like Vince really gets what he because Vince what they everyone would always complain forever that oh Vince doesn't like it when heels are on top and this is when Vince really is like does it with himself where it's like this is literally because all right so he's facing stone cold is a comedy character in dude love where it's like you take this dude who like his signature match was a boiler room match um mankind you turn him into a character where hey he's playing his childhood idea of what a wrestler is this like hippie love machine and then he's the referee is vince mcmahon who's halfway he's like mr mcmahon now like it's not a year ago where he's vince mcmahon the guy with legitimate reasons to not like stone cold steve austin he's literally a saturday morning villain now where steam shoots out of his ears when stone cold doesn't do what he wants yeah he's essentially elmer fudd he's elmer fudd to uh, steve austin's bugs bunny like it's clearly clearly steve austin's smarter than this guy but oh that dastardly uh, oh that texan i'm gonna have to give him a bunch of beer and then marry him to a lady and his enforcers are two men who are smaller than him and just seem like if you look at like obviously gerald briscoe He's a, he's a shooter. He could shoot all over the oh, place. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, thanks, Bruce. Shut up, Man, Bruce Richards. so funny Shut how, up. like... Wrestling's so funny how, like, they all... Um, seemingly everyone gets into it because seemingly everyone gets into it and is very um, kind of 
aware or like doesn't want to talk about how homoerotic it was and then they're like oh what do you call it when a guy can really fight oh he's got he's got a big hog and he shoots <laughs> yeah 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 he's a big hog shooter he's full of gum but like if you look at tv it's like so close of austin's huge rip dude and then these guys are like in tan suits exclusively it's so and funny. it's like a, a french man who looks like your nana somehow and <laughs> then a and then a guy who just looks like he owns a hardware store and will give you a price break. Those are the enforcers. It's great. Because yeah, it's like it. you should watch it and it's completely like... And if you watch... I don't think this gets talked about... I mean, everything has been talked about with WWF and WCW. But if you watch WCW, it's like the bad guys are winning. Oh, it's this like... I mean, as far as wrestling goes, it's kind of like this high stakes thing. And you go into WWF, like, look at these guys fell down and now this guy's swearing. That's pretty good. No one's in trouble. You know what I mean? Good guy's going to win. I think the... Oh, wait. The French guy fell in butterscotch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the guy from Oklahoma is just full vomiting because Vincent Van just opened up a cooler filled with bad tuna. Why is this on television? (laughs) Vince, we lost the match. What do we have to do? Well, we have to eat... We have to eat all this candy now. <laughs> yeah. Two hours of eating candy? Okay. Hit <laughs> yakety sacks. Really, it is, though. It's just a, fu- it's a, it's a fun farce. Anyway, so those are the last two matches. Talk about the over-the-edge match, John. Cause oh, the over-the-edge match is so fucking good. Okay, so it's Vince McMahon as the referee. Um, it sets up everything in the attitude. Everything is fucking set up. Everything is hot and set up and fucking hot. So... Vince McMahon is referee, Pat Patterson ring announcer, Gerald Briscoe timekeeper. And it's basically the it's the first time in the McMahon Austin feud where it's like, I've stacked it as against you, what are you gonna fucking do? And then at last, um Vince McMahon and like a show of his power goes like, and if anyone in the locker room wants to come and be in Austin's corner to make sure that I'm totally fair, go ahead, but know the consequences. And then the Undertaker at the last minute walks out, setting up the Undertaker Austin feud of that Undertaker, I'm the reason you still have the belt, so you fucking owe me a title shot, you bald fuck. And then, so, what you fucking have is a great fucking classic fun territory brawl. They just beat the fuck out of each other for 20 minutes. They go all over the fucking arena. It's really fucking fun. It's it's back and forth and back and forth. It looks competitive. You're kind of like with the Dax stacked against him. You're like, you know, Mick could fucking pull this out. It's very fucking exciting. And then uh, towards the end of the match, Big Man um, or Austin's about to win, and uh, Vince refuses to fucking um, or uh, ring the bell. And then Dude Love looks like he's about to win, and then uh, McMahon gets knocked out by The Undertaker, and then Patterson runs in to try and count, and then he gets knocked out by The Undertaker, and then Gerald Briscoe tries to run in, and he gets knocked out by The Undertaker, and then Austin pins Dude Love and counts the three using McMahon's hand, and it's so fucking fun. Yes, and what happens immediately, what's the neck, literally... Because they're like, okay, well, now that he's done this dude love angle, he's kind of been a comedy character, like a, really an impotent heel for a bit now. How do we get him back? How do we get him back and people take him seriously? What's the, literally the next month after this? They fire dude love. He becomes mankind and mankind flies off the fucking king of the ring cage like a the goddamn next, angel. Exactly. The next month, they try and kill a man on television. No, 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 no. A man tries to kill himself on television. <laughs> sorry, yes. I'm very sorry. <laughs> a man almost commits suicide 
on no you pay for it so it's not it costs money to watch the man almost commit suicide yeah. suicide by mark calloway is basically what happens the next week and knowing who undertaker is now he would probably like ooh, fuck because <laughs> he's such a normal guy that's i'm for sure that guy didn't do shoot interviews because he's such a normal man he'd just be like oh geez if if, if the undertaker ever turned into who he really was his character would be like oh geez oh that looked like it hurt sorry everyone <laughs> Instead of having the ultimate retort, which is next next guy who next guy who says what smooches their mom or whatever he's the un, the under oh my god that's the best thing ever yeah whoever says what kisses their sister uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean here's the here's what the Undertaker should have never fucking done which is go on Joe Rogan because the minute he opens his mouth at the beginning and I'm like oh you're just a fucking loser dad fifty year old fuck. Which is, uh, it's nice to be in Texas. And uh, immediately Undertaker's like, that's right, but you California people come to Texas better not fucking change it. Let me say this right now to everyone in Texas. Your state is kind of shit. Everything is weirdly spaced out and you're all fucking losers for being super impressed with a giant dusty landmass. And I only say that because Elon Musk has moved there and therefore your entire state is a bunch of losers. You're now praising a loser Elon Musk recently tweeted, end the war on comedy. Elon Musk, you're a little bitch. You're a little fucking loser bitch boy. Get him. Get him. Yeah. Suck. Guess what, Elon Musk? You will never be Bill Gates. You are nothing. You 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 will be forgotten on the dust heap of history. You are not a Carnegie. You're not a Rockefeller. You are a blip, and you are a a pimple on the dick of time. Eat me out, fucko. It is crazy that... If you were watching Fear Factor, you'd be like, yo, that guy's going to be friends with the richest guy in the world one day. Yeah. <laughs> yo, you're watching Fear Factor? Yeah, that guy is not going to know how viral uh, viruses work, and he's going to talk about it a lot. Um, and also, he is going to conflate um, freedom with being able to do stand-up comedy at the back of a barbecue place. And he'd be like, uh, we're not free because I don't get to do exactly what I want when I want to do it. But, John, that is literally the end of Dude Love, and I think... We got to talk about the stuff that basically the dude love character introduces. I yeah. Because I did talk about a bit of the stuff. Like I talked a bit about how this guy was the prelude to Commissioner Foley. I would also assert that old sweet, sweet shin music was pretty much the prelude to the people's elbow. So yeah. Like you, actually, you mentioned that in that it's, that. yeah, he, it is kind of the first jokey fun finisher. Cause it's that weird thing about the people's elbow. There's a bunch of things that happened in the attitude era that just become the thing that happens, which is if you're going to become a really big baby face hero, you just get a move that doesn't do anything, but people are like, that's fun. Yeah, exactly. Sweet chin music, um, the worm, because like, what was it? Uh, even like cause during one of the times he turns into do love um, really before the heel turn is also when Foley explicitly when Foley and uh, Chainsaw Charlie put over the new age outlaws and get them over by doing all those dumpster matches and stuff so he oscillates between like super violent shit and then being dude love or being comedy character and then you just kind of end up with dude love not even needing to be in there because he served his purpose of introducing that mick foley is this like lovable guy which raises the stakes way more when he does crazy shit yeah it's fucking it's also just, it shows the versatility of McFoley in that in 10 months he is this goofy guy, he is this corporate hero guy, he's everything you've ever fucking wanted 
from a Austin opponent and that he's kind of a smarmy fuck but really gets it done in the ring. And he does this and then the next month gets all of his fucking cred back by doing the craziest thing in the world. Looking at a Hell in a Cell and going, well, the only thing I can do to make this match interesting is just jump off that into a table. And uh, a person uh, who uh, guaranteed if he wasn't, if he was any less of a had public profile would have 100% stormed the Capitol was like, well, I'll tell you what, it's my yard and uh, I will be throwing you off that, Mick. And he went, good. <laughs> well, it is funny that they be, like, hey, my ankle's almost, my ankle's like broken. What are we going to do in this match? I'll throw myself head first into a barricade. You're a hero. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That'll probably do it. That'll probably bet people off of uh, me limping a bit. Do you think that I could beat The Undertaker up in a fight? The answer is 100%. Oh, yeah. You could totally beat him up. Unless, yeah. Oh, wait. No. Is it American Badass Undertaker? Because then he's near a bike. No, I couldn't beat American. America, I'd be too distracted by f- how fucking manly he is. Um, <laughs> he'd be he'd be talking about his yard. He'd be talking about you kissing your sister. You'd have oh. no sister. You'd be like, I don't have a sister. And then he'd fucking fuck you up. Yeah, he'd fuck me. He'd be wearing gloves. It'd be very exciting. He'd be wearing loose leather trousers. Nothing says two thousand and two like billowy leather trousers. I want to wear, I want to le- wear leather pants, but I want to make sure people don't think I'm a lady. <laughs> I better get some baggy fucking new metal leather. What's the favorite? What's your favorite thing about Dude Love, John? Tell me now. Sweet shit. Sweet shin music that's the funniest yeah, joke the finisher best. ever it's so fucking good because also the way he would do it with the little the little stomps and then the in the in the, the little coquettish run oh he's like he was like a he's like a little schoolboy running after candy all sticky yeah it was uh if you've never seen it it's fantastic there's a bunch of like shotgun saturday night squash matches he got to do and it's fun to like get an existing character over like that too because it's like this dude you've seen on top for so long he's never he hasn't had like squash matches in a million years but you have to get this new completely new character over so he does sweet chin music which is obviously just he does it exactly like Shawn michaels did sweet chin music he goes to the corner he tunes up the band and he kicks you in the fucking chin yeah and he, and he also sees you the main difference between him and Shawn michaels of course is that then he didn't go back into the locker room and do all of the cocaine yeah, he saved all his money. Mick Foley probably would have been a drug addict if he wasn't so frugal. No. I guarantee he... I, I guarantee... Yeah, but I did. that wouldn't work with his personality. Like, he'd do drugs once and be like, mm, cake's better. <laughs> I really want to focus on how much pain I'm in. I'll just have some cake. Yeah, if I focus on how much pain I'm in, I won't talk about how I clearly don't like my wife anymore. Oh, John, don't make this the... Don't try and make this a sad episode. I think my favorite thing about Dude Love is his dancing. His dancing was really fun. His dancing was very fun, and also there were pretty ladies next to him, which is always a hoot. I like a nice pretty lady. I like a nice kissable cheek, don't you, Dylan? <laughs> I mean, that's the creepiest way you put it. <laughs> I know. Um, and also the over-the-knees dance. We decided to, we, we decided to do a very influential short-run Mick Foley character. So guess what? Guess guess who's fucking committed to the program? It's not fucking you. It's not fucking you at all. It's fucking me. I say creepy shit. I make you laugh. I'm picking my boogers. I'm trying not to yawn. You know what I am? I'm a fucking professional broadcaster. <laughs> you know what you are? You're fucking you're the fucking you're fucking Gary Delabate to my fucking Howard Stern, Baba Booey, Baba Booey. Baba Booey was the best part. No, I like the I like the over the knees dance. I know it sounds really fucking weird and a really weird thing. 
Like, we've literally talked about everything about this man. But, like, the over-the-knees dance was literally how you would make... It was kind of like, during that time, it was just how young people thought old people danced. Like, the exactly like you said, like, the Charleston. Like, that was, like, the go-to silly old person dance joke. And he made it his signature, which is, like, once again, hey... This uh, other character has to ha wear a mask because he's basically wearing a muzzle because he's uh, a psychopath who has to be hidden from society. And this new character <laughs> wears tie dye and will. Oh, and this is the other thing: only hug women. That's it. He never initiated the thing. He never ever was like. I'm, he was never like I'm a ladies' man and like touch them anywhere but like in this weird I'm posing for a picture with a fan type of way he was like the least as far as like um love what was it uh of like sex gods or whatever his character is like that he's a sex god but he only touches people in like a familial way it's very like sweet whereas like dude love in 2001 it's like Mick, I don't know how to tell you this, but you're going to have to get your deck sucked on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Ruthless Aggression Dude Love would be, he'd be bisexual. He would be leading <laughs> Bill and Chuck around in a, some sort of weird leash. Um, He, for some reason, he would have killed, they would have, it would have implications that he killed Don Marie. Like, it would be so weird. Um, It's also why I like how Vince Russo gets so painted with, like, Vince Russo's idea was terrible. Wait, was he writing there during the Ruthless Aggression era when you killed a guy because Don Marie fucked him to death? No, that was the CEO of the company's idea. <laughs> yeah. Vince Russo in the room going, bro. I do agree that aliens both are real and that half of the people here are aliens, bro. But your idea is weird. <laughs> bro, we can all agree someone needs to get fucked to death. But should it be Al Wilson, bro? <laughs> Why don't we? I don't, I'm never going to say this again. Have a wrestling match that's 10 minutes, bro. Okay, <laughs> no, you want, you want your son-in-law to fuck a doll on TV? I'm okay with that too, bro. So what's the worst thing about Dude Love? Nothing. Perfect character. Perfect character. I'm going to say the heel run was bad because why am I buying this guy as a heel? Because he he's fucking, he's a corporate shill, baby. I'll tell you what he loves. He loves the green. I don't, you just, you're just upset. You're just upset because there weren't any babes walking to the ring with him. And Dylan, Dylan loves misandry and he, he just wants to see women put in his place. That's why mm. his name is, that's why Dylan, it's the Dylan's na nickname on the streets is Dylan Peterson. You want my uh, favorite you know what my favorite match is? My favorite wrestling match of all time? Ben Shapiro destroys feminists. <laughs> that's, that's what I like. Um, Actually, no. Actually, no. Actually, no. Actually, no. He's killing this woman. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, ben, oh, by the way, if you really want to enjoy Ben Shapiro uh, goes on a super right-wing British talk show but doesn't understand that right-wing people in Britain are like economically right-wing and not socially right-wing. And like calls the guy a lib, and he's like, "You don't." And the British guy is so withering. He's like, uh, "You have no idea from what you speak, sir." And Ben Shapiro doesn't know how to react to someone that isn't reactionary. Like, he's used to like, he's like, "Well, the problem with women is that you're all crazy because blood comes out of your vaginas once a month." And they're like, "You're stupid, Ben." Ah, a personal attack. Ah, the use the 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 shelter of all the uninformed. The Daily Wire dot com has an article about that written in crayon because I'm a prick and then then he wins the, he allegedly wins the debate because they personally attacked him not understanding that all english journalists are like 
Uh, to get this job, I had to kill my entire family. So I don't actually have a soul anymore. I'm just two eyes looking for a way to kill Pierce Morgan. I don't understand. I don't think you understand that my family invented the concept of currency. I will have you killed and no one will look twice. They'll ben just accept Shapiro, you dead and... Ben, you need to understand that you are the product of something that is British, so anything you say is just me saying it, therefore I've already thought of it, therefore you're wrong. Eh, I think you fight. Uh, ben Shapiro, man, I fucking hate that guy so much. What a wonderful time. But that's it. That's the Dude Love episode. Next week, I'm going to look up right now who we're going to do. John, who do you think we're doing? Do you remember? I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I just I got reminded. Do, is it your mom? <laughs> We are doing, I think, the only character that I like better than the Big Boss Man. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Three Count next week, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I Sing along with Three Count. Oh, uh, best, the best. This was the best part of late WCW. Three Count was so good. And then when Tank, they so when they good. had, because the, they had the three circles and then Tank Abbott had the swear and just square and just would come dance during their matches. Fucking great. The... One of Vince Russo's better characters, no one liked it at the time because it was the most simple character of all time, which was, hey, it's 1999 and 2000. What do wrestling fans hate the most? Be- boy bands. Old wrestling fans hate boy bands. New Young wrestling, wrestling fans or uh, what we call first wave incels yeah. hate boy bands. Yeah. Girls like boy bands. Yeah. Wrestling fans hate women. Let's do some boy bands. You get three guys who FBI. honestly look if like boy bands, too. Like, they look like dudes in boy bands. Oh, Evan so Courageous good. had those annoying fucking braids. Oh, it was so perfect. I can't wait to sing along with Three Camp. FBI, if you're looking to find who stormed the Capitol, just watch old episodes of Thunder. Scan the crowd. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> do call John Walsh from America's, uh, America's Most Wanted and get him to do that what they'd look like now technology and just arrest them in their house. Yeah, and you be you will nail it uh, like uh, eight out of ten times. Just a guy screaming at Kimberly, Shh, your boobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> he's yeah, the and, rhino horn guy or whatever. Anyone that is just sitting there quietly and then uh, um, fucking major guns from the Misfits in Action walks out, he oh, stands yeah. up but still says nothing. Arrest that man. That stands John- up and loses his breath. Yeah, that man's would. John Schaefer from Iced Earth in the most. Uh, no one's surprised that that guy's fucked in the head moment. Oh, really? Yeah, Iced, Iced Earth, the only metal band where you're like, I'm going to say it right now, this band lacks soul. And that's really saying something for a metal band. Well, I'll say this before we close. I think the greatest thing that ever happened to uh, Pantera's legacy is that Dimebag actually passed away. It made me very sad when I was in college, but looking at how the world is now, I'm like, the Woo! world did not need that man with Twitter. I'll tell you that. He'd have a joint a Twitter account with his brother, Vinnie Paul, who also has passed away, and it would be a garbage fire yeah it's already like listen morally it's tough to listen to pantera because phil and sam was running around saying i only drink white wine and you know why and you're just like yeah but he didn't write most of the lyrics probably i don't know uh and so i can kind of get away with it but yeah dimebag like dimebag would have been a boogaloo boy in 2013 no, he would have just, like, once they tore down that statue of Robert E. Lee, he would have just tweeted out the Confederate flag nonstop for until they kicked him off Twitter. Yeah, he 100% would have been a proud... I guarantee he would have gone proud boy. It would have been 
crazy. Well, I am a man who owned the I what I do believe are the only two shirts in existence, uh, Pantera shirts that didn't have a Confederate flag or a weed leaf on them. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> gonna be tough. To I, find, that was actually. the game I had to play. Where I'm like, I don't want to walk around with a fucking weed leaf on me. And I don't want to walk around with a Confederate flag on me, so I just had to say Pantera. The, <laughs> the Bush era was so great because there were so many T-shirts with just a weed leaf on it, and that was so badass. Finally. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Now I'm going to plug our things. Go ahead. Go find me on Twitch, John Hastings Comedy on Twitch. It's fucking hot. Twitch.tv backslash John Hastings. Remarkable teams every fucking Monday. Are you going to come do a fucking Twitch stream sometime, Dylan? Maybe get your internet on point, you fuck? Maybe. I don't know. Watch out on Twitter for that. At Wrestler Review. Twitter and Instagram. Dylan God on Twitter and Instagram. The John Hastings Twitter and Instagram. Patreon.com backslash Wrestler Review. Once again, we're recording ahead because I'm going to have a real child who I will train to only like, only like, indie wrestling <laughs> I, I will be honest i think this is the first time we've actually revealed that you are um we're gonna be doing a lot of these episodes were recorded well ahead of time because dylan gott is and let's all congratulate him uh going to be a father ladies and gentlemen dylan's gonna be a daddy that's no, why we, we announced this beforehand didn't we anyway yeah i shot one big one yeah, no, yeah not yeah, even yeah. a big one because then no. it would have been twins yeah shot a medium one and it was a kid immediately yeah. so. and that's why we did the year of mcmahon because dylan's like i need to prepare to be a father i'm gonna we're gonna learn about a man and i'll do everything the opposite of him yeah i won't be in a cadillac farting i'll be at home caring for the child i won't I'll be have just no business yeah, yeah yeah this is this is this is dylan and mine's business so uh what we're trying to say is hey listen i have medical bills and dylan created life so anyone who hasn't joined the patreon do us a favor and fucking hop on that fucking train please exactly new kid broken divorced man join patreon patreon.com black slash backsplash backsplash wrestler review we'll have kevin von eric up an episode oh, that will yeah. just be us looking in the mirror and going uh that guy was raised like a man Thanks so much. Dylan, of course, uh, will be doing a Fritz von Eric and waiting till his kid's in his mid-20s, then pointing a gun at his head and going, if you were really tough, you would die, which is the craziest fucking thing, Fritz von Eric. It's crazy to think Fritz von Eric was so nuts that he was like, I know how to make sure my son's a man. I'm going to tell him that he's not tough enough to kill himself. Wow, Fritz, what a fucking maniac you are. Well, everybody, I'm going to go now. Dylan Gott, great guy. John Hastings, even better.